Yes, yes. We are back. Cemetery Tales Podcast. Today's episode, we want to talk about haunted locations in Australia and New Zealand. We have a couple of locations here. Um, seven to be exact. And what you guys to tell me what you think. Now, as we go through these, you know, you always got to think, moving forward, you always got to protect yourself. Now, on the further episode, not today, we're going to talk about things that you would use more so in the ghost hunting. And I will even, uh, maybe two episodes from now or so, I'll go ahead and include just a sample of me uh, dealing with something that was in my bathroom. Again, if you listen to this podcast recently, or within the last couple of days, you know that the podcast before talks about how uh, the ghost is back. Uh, maybe it's more than one. Maybe it's two. I'm not alone. Definitely not alone. So I don't know what's going on, but we'll get right into it. So first, the haunted locations out there, and we'll talk about the Ardale Mental Hospital. Now, it's interesting when you start looking at it, 13,000 people have passed away in this place and it closed in 1998. And I was like, huh, that's that's interesting. It, it's operations for, you know, 130, 140 years. It's a lot of people that went up and in there for as long as it was open from the, like, 60s? I'm talking about 1860s, not 1960s, 1860s. So let you know some real time up there. So, you start looking more about it, looking more into the stories. You start hearing about this um, this ward that was out there, and it was developed right in the 1880s. And in this ward, it's the place where people who were normally detained in jails and confinement because they was insane or appear to be insane. Now, some of the most notorious people that have been in this place uh, include the names of Gary Webb and, and William Wallace or um, Mark Reed. When you start doing more research, they called him Chopper. Like, hmm, Chopper. Just think about it, Chopper. Was he really chopping, chopping? But anyway, so let's go into Gary. So Gary Webbs had a long list of criminal activities when he was found and caught, and they put him in Ardale, Adirat. He was about to rob a pizza shop, and he was spotted by the by a policeman. He shot the policeman, but that policeman survived. He's a champion right there. And the woman who owned the shop, who was still in the wheelchair today, was caught. I'm talking about Gary. He was caught. And he was sitting in prison for 14 years. He was told that when he behaved well, that when he wasn't insane, when he was okay, he'd be able to reduce his sentence. Gary wasn't having that. He probably didn't want to leave at all. So he started writing letters to the the media, to the news outlets, telling them about the horrible things he was planning to do if he ever got out. Or once he got out, he was going to go ahead and do what he do. So people was worried. Politicians had to make a decision, so they made a law, and it was passed to keep him locked up for the rest of his life, because they knew if Gary Webb would have got out, 
he potentially could have did all the things that he said he was going to do. If it was about stabbing people, hanging them, whatever, he was going to do it. You know, the thing about Gary, when you start doing more research, y'all, you know, he liked to um, harm himself. You ever you ever played or watched anything in the DC comic universe? There's a guy named Victor Zaz. You know, for each person he killed, he cut himself. Well, Gary Webb was like that. You know, Gary would go ahead and, you know, cut himself over and over at a minimum for doing research 70 times. You know, he even cut off his thing. If you know what I'm talking about, three times. On the third time, it was a little, little too much, and uh, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't put it back together. You know, it's on the Lorena Bobby side of the game right there, to where it was gone. You know, but to this day, they say that the room where Gary was, he tells people to get out. To this day. Man, this R.W. Mental Hospital is so interesting to me because it's so many of these type of places, that's these asylums, where you uh, run into situations like this. Have you guys watched anything of Ghost Adventures with Zach or any of those guys? It is amazing that you go into these asylums or these mental hospitals and all of the energy that's there. If you guys have an EMF reader, and we talk about that further episodes about having ghost equipment and things you need, but if you ever had one before, Man, that EMF reader goes everywhere. It jumps off. And you're like, wow. So let's continue on, y'all. So continue on about Ardell Mental Hospital. Let's, go, let's talk about another room that they got up there in the J Ward. So um, there's another room at the J Ward where people would suddenly feel ill. And they'd be afraid for some reason. They don't know why. Other people feel like they're getting like hypnotized. You ever watch Scooby-Doo when uh, the clown, he swing the coin? back and forth and he gets you in a trance it was like that people was in a trance like state you know they passed and you know once they outside it's like they was being pushed or bitten or something you know they constantly come up here and ticking clocks all kind of things banging on walls they didn't know what was going on it was like someone was like inside of their heads hitting it like drums they didn't know what was going on but this particular ward was haunted by three prisoners. And those people, those three prisoners, they was hung and they was buried at the RW Mental Hospital. Since they was convicted of murder, they wasn't given a traditional uh, burial that you normally would have. But their graves was only marked with the scratches on the wall. It's like, hey, we put them over here. These are the three guys over here. That's their three marks on the wall. That's how they did them. That's interesting. But again, it's a mental hospital. That's how the things go. So moving on, y'all. That was the Ardell Mental Hospital. The Ardell, um, they call it, some people say the uh, Lunatic Asylum. Different things, different names for it. But I was like, huh, that's, that's interesting. So again, let's move to the next one. So this is Monte Cristo Homestead, number two. They said this might be the most haunted place that's in Australia. I don't know. I haven't been to Australia. It's definitely on the bucket list. I have to go out there. Uh, anybody that's listening that's out there, you guys need to tell me about some of the best restaurants, some of the best places to get um, some, 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 some ale, 
I'm trying to get involved. You know, I don't want to be like Foster's Australian for bit. Like, I don't want none of that stuff. I want like some authentic. You know what I mean? I want to be like that. But anyway, let's go ahead, y'all. Monte Cristo Homestead supposed to be the scariest place that's out there. And I know they do tours and everything out there. 30, 30 people uh, tours and everything from what I did a little more research. But when I start hearing about this place, this Monte Cristo Homestead place, I start hearing about this guy and start reading about this guy named Christopher uh, Crawley. Now, it's interesting when you start really digging deeper into the story. So I, I informed you guys a little bit of just a little quick backstory, right? So he was a farmer and he had a couple couple pieces of land. You know, he built his family home on his land, but he started struggling. So he had to make a decision. What's he going to do? So what he did is he ended up getting a license. And he ended up building a, a hotel right across from a railway station. And it was a good move. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Figure out how to make money because the struggle can't be real for real, right? You got to make decisions. You got to make moves. So when he did this, the whole village where he stayed, where uh, Mr. Crawley stayed, well, they benefited from this. You know, travelers coming through, trade became a little easier. Man, Crawley started, he started looking like the man, you know? He was rich, wealthy. Became one of the town's founders because he was making moves. He was loved, great man, generous man. But he had to make a decision. In the process of a decision, though, something happened. But in that decision, he had to look at how he was going to do, you know, the, the home. I mean, the home was nice, y'all. He's trying to figure out how he's going to deck his house out. How he's going to make it look more pristine, more prestigious. So you guys probably wondering, what makes this place so haunted? What changed? The good part is, you listen to Cemetery Tales podcast, you know what we're about to do? We're about to tell you. So, Mr. Crawley, he ended up dying at that homestead, y'all. This combination of, you know, blood poisoning that he had, and his, uh, his heart gave up. Gave out on him. You know, his wife couldn't handle it. She couldn't cope. Her husband gone, y'all. So she locked herself inside the house. She spent most of her time in that house, in that attic, to be more specific. And while she was in that attic, she built a little chapel. Now, she never really left the house. Not too much. But she eventually passed away after about 23 years, to be exact, but roughly. <laughs> 23 years. Now, when she passed, something happened. You know, now the last member of this family, this, the Crawley family, they left and they would leave the house empty. Different people had the home. You know, they try to keep an eye, make sure things were okay. They couldn't be there all the time. 
So of course, you know, this place got, got looted, vandalized, you know, a lot of the, the furniture, the pictures, the mirrors, artwork, oh, that was taken, that was gone. So it was in very rough and ragged state. Eventually, a new family came along and they decided to, to buy the homestead. And, you know, they turned it into a kind of like a store. No, they turned it into a store, man. They turned it into a museum, though, being serious. They had tours of this museum. But they did have a store, and it was an antique store. Now, in this place, they just noticed something started happening. Something a little weird, something a little paranormal started happening. When they went to the house, their belongings, and that includes their animals, they had some pets. They didn't want to go in the house. You know, the dog, I'm not going in there. You know, like Scooby-Doo, hey, oh no, Roro. You guys didn't watch Scooby-Doo. That's one of my favorite cartoons growing up, by the way. But the dog and the cat was like, nah, I'm cool. I'm not going in there. That's not it. So they didn't. They sat outside the home. Eventually, they just ran off like, hey, y'all do what y'all want to do. Y'all make the decisions y'all want to make, but I'm telling you, it's not the place to go. These animals, they're not really talking, y'all, but you know what I mean? The animals already know. They got different feelings than us. They can see things. You know, you guys watch Constantine, the cat will tell you what to do. You guys watch The Matrix. Kind of funny, I know Keanu Reeves, and it's about to come out with a new movie. But Keanu Reeves in the Constantine movie seen the cat. I'm sorry, in the Matrix movie, the cat he used to transfer into a different place. But in the Matrix, the cat was the double for deja vu. Let you know something was going on. Cats always know. Think about ancient Egypt. The cats always know. That's what it was worshipped with Basset and all these different cats always know. Anyway. When those and the dog and the cat left. They noticed that all the lights were on when they approached the house. But when they opened the front door, bow, all the lights off. Now me being me, I'm about to move. I'm not about to even walk in that house. The lights went off. Now I'm cool, man. So they said this place was haunted, but not one, but not two, not three, not four, not five, but several. That mean more than seven. Not necessarily, but more than three. Several ghosts in this place some was a little more powerful than others now when we start talking about spirits again you know we start talking about different entities you know sometimes it could be just a regular spirit it could be a demon it could be you know it, it, variety all i know if that was me i would not be in that home that's i know for sure so they said that the reason why the dog and the cat that, that the, the Ryan family had would not go in the house is because Crawley, his family, did not like animals. So if they didn't like the animals, if they was, you know, since they're not there physically, they like, hey, no animals up in this house. None. I don't care if it's a chicken, dog, cat, or a cow nothing and talking about chickens one day that ryan family they found that some of their chickens was strangled when they was um doing the runs for their poultry 
They also saying that one of their parents was choked. A litter of their kittens were brutally slaughtered. They say that Crawley haunts this room in which she passed away in when he had that heart situation. See, his spirit is nice, but he haunts that room. Now, they say the wife really didn't change too much after she passed away, you know, from her appendix situation. You know, she says she still run that house like she did as if she was still alive physically. So it says several ghosts, several ghosts. Could you imagine several ghosts? Have you guys been anywhere haunted? A place that's haunted? I know I tell my story about the Collingwood Earth Center a lot because it was so many different things going on in that place. Again, that basement, I don't know what the heck that was. They say it was a witch or something or something. All I know is um, if I ever go back there, I probably would never uh, be in that room, touch that door or nothing because it's not the move to make. Now, there's also other members of this Crawley family that's supposed to be haunted, right? So um, they say had an infant granddaughter. Now, what happened is she passed away when one of the the maids um, accidentally dropped her down the stairs. Now, this lady said that she was pushed by something that actually made her do that. Now, when children entered the Crawley estate, the homestead, the Monte Cristo homestead to be more specific, you know, they say that you can feel like you're being pushed when you're on those steps. It's like you can feel something cold, you know, with their hand in your back. Like, hey, let's go down these steps. Man, that's something else, man. This stuff is interesting to me. I don't know about y'all. I love this, man. I have to go. I got to go to Australia. Definitely got to go. I need to check out, you know, one homestead lane out there um, in Australia because, um, it's almost mandatory I go check this place out. But that's another location that's supposed to be like, oh my goodness, again, the most haunted in Australia. And then this last place, you know, you start looking at things, you're like, hmm, what well, is supposed to be scary, right? Because that's what it is, right? But whenever you have anything that have a name of caves in it, it's instantly scary, right? All right, so let's go ahead and talk about these caves. The Weyotomo, Weyotomo Caves Hotel. And that's in New Zealand, y'all. They said people would die between these walls in this hotel. What do you think? Have you guys heard anything about this place? This place was built in 1908. It was renovated for 20 years. So it can get more people up in there to get more guests. But before that hotel was there, it was a sacred land. And if you guys know anything about anything that's on sacred land, more than likely something's going to happen because that's just how it works, you know. So, of course, it's going to be one big paranormal hotspot. Anything can happen.
Anything can move. Anything can shake. You have illusions. You know, there's a movie with Samuel Jackson where he goes to a hotel and he's in this room and has all these hallucinations. I think Stephen King wrote about this when he did this in, um, this is The Shining, you know? So, uh, it just, it's, you gotta be careful. You just never know where you're going. Every day when I drive home, there's this place when I'm driving and my phone instantly goes out no matter what. And I found out that there was a, um, an Indian burial ground. I did some research. I said, huh, well, that's interesting. Maybe I should do even more research and actually walk on the land. But I won't be able to record anything because literally every time I just drive past the place, my phone drop, I lose all signal, lose everything. So it's kind of different. But let's go back into this um, Watomo Caves um, Hotel. So a lot of people say they, they've seen or they felt or they even heard something when they was at this hotel. You know, they say it's like you lose track of time when you're in this place because time moves at lightning speed. You know, you can see lights moving. You can see different objects, cups, plates moving. You can people walking. And you can even sometimes feel people moving around you, like they're brushing up against you. I don't know about that, but I don't know if I could be in a place like that. There's limitations to things that I can do. So I guess we can talk about a room or two. Let's talk about some rooms at this hotel. So let's go ahead and talk about room number 25. Now, it's a room that the staff they don't like to come to. They don't want to mess with this room. Because people complain about having this uneasy feeling about the things that you can hear, the screams that you hear, the objects that's moving, the chair sliding out. I mean, you want to see a chair slide out? Man, this room is haunted, y'all. And the thing is, the person that haunted, that's haunted this room is a former staff member. They didn't make it. They passed away. But that person still haunts that room and still makes sure that room is in order. And if the room is not in order, that's when things happen. You know, so you'll see a fork turn on the table. You're like, it's magnets. It's magnets in here. No, it's no magnets. That's the paranormal activity right there. Not the movie, but paranormal activity right there. So let's talk about one more room. And that will conclude this episode of the podcast, man. Haunted locations in Australia, New Zealand area. This is something else. So as you go into the next room, this room number is uh, 13, but you know, you can't really say 13. The room number is 12A. And like many hotels, elevators that you see in these hotels, there is no room number 13. So in the Watomo Caves Hotel in particular, it's called 12A. It's supposed to be extremely haunted. But first, before we get into the room and the number, why is the number 13 bad? You know, out there in France, the number 13 is considered a lucky number. You know, it's supposed to be a good look form on the postcards and on different charms. Out there in Europe, 13 is a lucky number. You know, it's supposed to mean like you hit the jackpot. Now I get it where can be bad i mean as you guys know i am a, a freemason i'm also a nice templar and when it comes to number 13 of course you hear of course to the templars 
um, on Friday the 13th. It's kind of like where the tradition came, not even the movie, but um, King Philip, if I'm correct, the fourth of France, he ordered the rest of those nice Templars to be tortured and killed and burned by stakes and fire, um, which they say a curse was brought upon the king um, that took him on out of here. You know, a couple other things when it comes to 13, of course, you hear about the Last Supper when um, Judas, you know, decides to betray. And, um, hey, that changes everything. So that's where the disciples was used to be, 13. But, you know, Judas was like, no, nah, I can't do all that. I got to be the betrayer. As you guys know, in a couple episodes ago, I talked about the different um, uh, levels of hell. Not going too deep into it, but just know that Judas somewhere down there uh, in the cold part of hell. We never talk about that this episode. But I'm just saying, it's levels to that, you know. But anyway, number 13. Going back to the hotel, they said objects are moving in this hotel room. You can hear different footsteps. And, you know, you can actually see... Um, footprints in the floor if you put down something it lets you know the, the presence is strong in this room so i was reading and doing more research they said people put down you know powder and i've seen this happen before even at my own cemetery i used to work at we had a mausoleum and it kept getting broken into we were trying to figure out why it kept getting broken into we we're like that's weird you know so what we did because there was no sign of forced entry because the chain was still locked and we like that don't make sense so we put down a whole bunch of powder you know inside the mausoleum and the next day we still seen the same thing happen to where like the mausoleum getting busted open all these i mean the casket that's in the mausoleum getting busted open and everything we like how if if the gate is locked it's chained and then inside it's all this wrestling and tussling. Well, how do they get in there? Everything is secure. So what we did, like we were supposed to do, right? So one, first off, it was an interesting smell. But two, we put a camera in there. And you can literally see on the camera, nobody's there. But you can see a push and pull. And next thing you know, balloon, the wall getting busted out. You can see it on the camera. And y'all probably think I'm crazy. But I'm being for real, y'all. This is what's really going on out here in the world. A lot of people don't believe in spirits or ghosts, but that's what's going on. So in this particular room, they did the same thing that we did in this mausoleum to see what's really going on. And you can see footprints. You can't see the people walking, of course, but you see footprints around the place. You know, in this same mausoleum I'm talking about back home, during the wintertime, it snows back in Ohio. And you can see a car drove through the snow and stop at the same mausoleum, but don't go past that mausoleum. It's literally impossible to drive forward to that museum, uh, mausoleum and drive backwards from there and have the same tracks. It's like literally impossible. But the tracks stopped there and then it just completely vanished. And I wasn't the only one that noticed this. I mean, a lot of the guys, when we came in, we all felt the same thing. So I want to say I appreciate you. This completes the episode. So there's more to it, of course, for the haunted locations out there in Australia and New Zealand. 
I just wanted to cover a couple. When I started going through this whole list of haunted locations, I came up with, a, like I said, a good amount, seven in total. Well, I really wanted to just do a couple. So the Devil's Pool was one. The Princess Theater out there in Melbourne. The North Head Quarantine Station was one. Again, we already talked about the Monte Cristo, the Crawley uh, Homestead. Um, Dream World was one. Um, the Beechworth Lunatic Asylum was another. And of course, we talked about the Ardell uh, Mental Hospital and everything. So um, I want to say to my Australian audience, New Zealand audience, thank you. I appreciate you. You guys have been showing out. <laughs> so I appreciate y'all first off. That's what made me decide to do this episode because, I mean, you guys are are uh, amazing. You're amazing right now. Um, to everybody else, of course, to us all that's listening, I appreciate you because I can't do any of these things without uh, without you. It's not it's not me. I mean, I like some materials. I like talking about horror and, and spirituality and things that I, I do that I'm a part of as well as things that I love. So it's nice to, to have um, an audience listen to me talk about these things. So that's really nice. Um, so I want to say thank you. As we continue on this process, I said you can always reach me if you got any questions on Facebook. You can reach me through Instagram. Everything is Cemetery Tales Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter, TikTok. Um, I am on YouTube. Like I said, I don't have a lot of content on YouTube at the moment. But I do have uh, a video or two that I do have um, on the on the channel. So I say I appreciate you guys again. Um, if you want to uh, donate at all, of course, you know, you can do it through Spotify with the sponsorship. Or you can cash out the uh, business account, the Cemetery Tales. That's Cemetery Tales, not Cemetery Tales podcast for the cash out. I'll say one more time, Cemetery Tales. Because, you know, sometimes people create um, other uh, names based off of what you're doing so they can get what, you, what you're getting. Um, let's be fair. Let's, let's, let's be respectful, y'all. So I appreciate you again, and reach out to me. So on the next episode, I guess I'll give you a quick preview. So the next episode, I'm going to play me um, getting something out of my bathroom. I don't know what, what it is exactly, some kind of spirit. I think it was one of the shadow folks um, in the bathroom. So I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like that. I know it wasn't it wasn't a little kid. It was, it was a man for sure with the hat. Again, we talk about the country music. Uh, shadow guy because that's what it was i mean for a tv to come on late at night by itself with the country music playing and then eventually you see the silhouette the shadow guy with the hat and you understand like what's going on so i appreciate you for listening today um catch me in the next episode if you listen to this like fresh fresh just know that the next episode is literally around the corner because since I missed three weeks, I have to come out with three consecutive episodes because it only makes sense. But I appreciate you. Again, the Cemetery Tales podcast, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.